We could have talked to the Grim Reaper. We could actually talk to him. How about that? You're another year closer to be able to do that, Dave. So. <laughs> could be days away. Could be minutes. <laughs> Who knows? Um, actually, you can test this. See if you can hear this. If I press this. And then I talk to you like this. What does it sound like? Sounds evil. Ha ha ha. Thank you for listening to episode 457 of 60MW. I'm Dave. And I'm Tom. And this is the Decade of Decadence show for July 2022, of which, Tom, I am now a year older since we last recorded. I mean, I didn't know it was possible for a human to get much older, but it's, there you're was... proving science and nature wrong. Oh, on forms, when it asks for my age, it takes just so long to write it down. There's that many. You have to request one of those forms that just fold out. <laughs> so you can get all the digits in. So many numbers. Or just include a pad of post-it notes. <laughs> so, yeah. Dave's so old, his national insurance number is one. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> oh, yeah another year another year i've held on i held on to this planet for another another spin around the sun mate i'm still here just about so happy uh, birthday i should say <laughs> happy birthday i did say you did say you, you did say and it was for uh, posterity's sake happy birthday it was a good birthday taking taking Bodie to the beach as always that's always, always good. Yeah, it's always a nice way to spend the birthday. Uh, well, let's do the catch-up, Mr. Mr. London, Mr. Gig-goer, <laughs> Mr. Cinema-goer, Mr. Oh, Diary. See, you're on about me who needed pages for my age. You with, well, your, I, with I, you with your diary, mate. It, it's, just a jog, it's just a jog from memory about what I've, what I've been up to since we last recorded. I mean, and obviously just to write things in to, uh, to remember... To do because obviously it's a fuller diary than it used to be. Okay, so it the is. first thing I guess I did after um oh no, so we recorded on yeah, I hadn't even decided to do this when we last recorded. Uh we recorded <laughs> on Friday the twenty fourth of June and then I just decided on the Sunday afterwards, you know what, I'm just gonna sell a bunch of Blu-rays and I'm gonna go and see Guns and Roses at uh Tottenham Hotspur Stadium the following Saturday. <laughs> so I did. Um and why not? Yeah, um, first gigs ever uh, for Friday and Saturday at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium uh, for Guns N' Roses because it's a brand new stadium um, and very nice it's too. It's got that nice new smell to it in some places. Mm. Um, and uh, the Friday was a bit of a disaster with the, uh, not with a band, but with the uh, venue, uh, like over two hours late and opening the doors, all sorts of horror stories. Those kinks seem to have been uh, worked out by the Saturday, but unfortunately... Uh, as people might have seen on the news, Axel Rose was having some vocal issues, hmm. um, which delayed their on-stage time by 85 minutes. Whoa. Um, you wouldn't, 
apart from, I mean, personally speaking, apart from some times where he was singing in a sort of a bit of a lower tone, uh, which I noticed a few times, you wouldn't know it. I mean, I didn't really notice until uh, the end of the song Estranged when he mentioned like, oh, you might have noticed I was singing a bit lower then. And he said he's spoken to doctors. He actually stayed on the grounds of the of the stadium that night instead of going back to the hotel because he was feeling so rough. But you, that was just like, and this is where it really didn't sound like the Axl Rose of old. Uh, these gigs are important to us and we wanted to play them. And uh, so he literally <laughs> stayed in the grounds of a football stadium overnight on a Friday night. Didn't go back to the hotel with the rest of the band. And um, yeah, and I mean, once he did that, he just launched into a version of Live and Let Die that you wouldn't know anything was up. He properly screamed through it. Um, and it was about half an hour shorter than the night before, set lengthwise, but hmm. it was very good. I had a great time. The uh, crowd was a bit rambunctious where I was. Uh, so, um, yeah, as I'm not made of money, I mean, it was 100 quid for the general admission ticket. So I was right up at the front of a general admission barrier. Mm. Um, unfortunately, I decided to stand where um, the mosh pit began. Um, and oh, it was just like I had to help break up a fight about four or five songs <laughs> in. Shit. Some guy just got his dick out and had a piss like, oh. on, on the grounds, like with the stuff that cover the, uh, the um, turf with. Um, I just jumped out of the way of getting splashed by that is bad. I remember the last time that I went to uh, Donington and I was sat on the floor and there was two guys two guys in front of us and they, they did the same. They just got the cock out and both started pissing and I'm, you know, like... Yeah, but you asked for it, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Not kink-shaming, but you can't, you can't make out it wasn't your fault. Well, you know, when you were at a rock gig, just fucking go wild. Not me. <laughs> it was a hot day. It I was knew... that or watch Iron Maiden, wasn't it? Yeah, and of, the, of those two, mate, you know which one. Every time it just Christ, be, just piss all over me instead. It's fine. Wow, you believe that as well? You believe that? <laughs> he's, he's not. He's not joking. Um, so yeah, I jumped out of the way of that. Um, it was just being bounced around a bit, but it was fine. It'd been a while since I've been in a sort of a a busy, you know, like thing. But uh, yeah, it was it was good. Um, my, my, the piss wasn't over. No, no. Um, so afterwards, because uh, it was in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, I went to a friend's who lived nearby afterwards for a bit, and I left theirs in the early hours and got the night tube uh, home and sitting on the tube um, just a couple of seats away from one of the doors in the corner. Um, a guy just got up, and I was sort of just nodding in and out of sleep because it, mm. it was like 2 a.m., 2.30, um, and um, came up to a station didn't get off I was, that was weird and then i just started to smell piss and there he was just pissing in the corner oh I, like my. the smell got worse i moved down the carriage um and then he um then he sat down again and then some guy came up stopped came in on another stop um and just stood almost exactly where the piss was and the moment he did that the guy who had pissed just bolted off a tube <laughs> just like fucking people man that's oh that is fucking Gross. disgusting that's horrible yeah, so that was fun. Um, what was next? What what is what was next? Um, that's not interesting. That's not interesting. I saw Pearl Jam. Okay. Um, at Hyde Park, not not particularly eighties related, but that was a very good gig. They were incredible live. No piss, no mosh pits, <laughs> no fights. Just a very good gig, supported by Pixies as well. That's going to be your thing for gigs going forward. Now, top of the list. For enjoyment wise, right? No piss, no no mosh pits. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't mind a mosh pit. I mean, if you go to rock gigs or metal gigs and stuff, you can't be surprised if there's a mosh pit. But mm. I generally don't really want piss. No, not really. Uh, but no, it was, a, it was a lot of fun, Pearl Jam. Um, just incredible, incredible band. Um, and then the next day, randomly went to see the specials in Rochester. Wow, that's a bit different, isn't it? Yeah, not really, not really my bag music wise, but it was fun. Mm. Had a few, had a drink or two, and yeah, got into it. It was, it was a fun, just something didn't know I was going to be doing and ended up doing. So nice. Uh, then the following day, it was a busy weekend that uh, this that weekend. I went to a uh, London Film and Comic Con. Oh, nice one. Uh, which was a uh, a lot of walking, a lot of walking round. Um, just it's, it's just nice to have a walk around it, isn't it? Uh, these sort of things sometimes. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just look at the stalls, look at the stuff that's on sale, look at some celebrities from a distance, look at <laughs> comment on how old they got. Eric Roberts was there. I saw Eric Roberts. He was he was only charging twenty quid for a signature and a photo, which well, I thought again, was good. I maybe met him, yeah. but but yeah, I thought it was a really good price. Um, yeah, um, my mate Chris met uh, Doug Naylor, uh, created Red Dwarf, mm-hmm. um, and I met Grand L. Bush. Yeah, now this was when you WhatsApped me, and I, I've got to confess, I did say, is he a wrestler? Yeah, you, I mean, he's one of those who's just been in so many things. He was in the first two Lethal Weapon films. He was in the first Die Hard film. He was in License to Kill, uh, Bullrog from Street Fighter, just a huge list of 80s and 90s movies. Uh, but he's just that guy out of that thing. He's just sort of, but um, of course blu-ray of street fighter that I had to come with oh, um yeah. and just such a lovely guy i had a nice chat with him about street fighter and just how he was and stuff got a photo with him and then um this was my bad i um, got him to sign the street fighter blu-ray which had a shiny cardboard cover and mm-hmm. it just i still don't think it's dried i think i could still smear off the signature on it <laughs> and this is weeks later um and i went back i was just oh, i'll just ask and um he signed your paper sleeve as well so uh if it ever wears away, I've still got it signed. That's good because a lot of people, I'm sure, would have gone. You know, fuck you, you've paid. Yeah, you've I think paid to be a volunteer staff member at the Comic Con was a bit mm. about it, but yeah. like, you just have to ignore them sometimes and ask a person themselves. Yeah. Um, what else? What? Else? Oh God, that's it. That's it. Yeah, a bit of a quiet month. Um, I mean, obviously, <laughs> there's been a few bits and bobs and gone out with friends and had drinks and stuff, but you don't need to hear about that. Um, got a lot coming up though. You especially, have got loads, especially this coming weekend. I'm going to got a another gig. Um, this coming uh Friday, I'm going to see George Shogard and the Destroyers. Oh, 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 I've never seen them. I would love, I would so love to see them. Yeah, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, that was sort of a last minute, sort of like oh, I want to go to a gig. Basically, I'm not doing Fright Fest this year because my friend Ria's going to um Japan. Um, cannot blame her, but Fright mm-hmm. Fest. If you've ever been, it's the five days of horror films. A lot of them are questionable. It's just not <laughs> fun um, doing that on your own. Um, I mean, I was doing, I know I did um, the Sundance films, but that was like two concentrated days, high quality movies, and I had to review them. So yeah. different thing. This is just going for fun, and it's no fun without like bouncing off someone yeah. for most of a film. So yeah, I was just like, I'm going to do. So I was just scanning Ticketmaster for gigs. George Good and the Destroyers. Nice. That's good. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's Friday night. Um, last time I mentioned... 
80s, 80s mystery movie all nighter at the Prince Charles. Mm-hmm. Um, that's this Saturday, so I'll be at that. Um, that will knock off, you know, half eight, nine a.m. Obviously, the mystery movies. You don't know exactly what time. Uh, but half nine in the morning on a Sunday, uh, I won't be going home like any normal person would and going to sleep. After, I will be after an all night of eighties movies. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go and watch another eighties movie, and hopefully, it won't be one that's been shown. <laughs> previously but uh, i'll be going to see predator why am i going to see predator at half nine in the morning hmm. at cinema because john mctiernan is there doing a q a oh. uh like john mctiernan like i thought he was still in prison for tax evasion or whatever it was <laughs> um like but this is a rare thing um john mctiernan fucking john mctiernan die hard predator last action hero hunt for red october like he didn't direct a lot of films but my god the ones he did oh do, yeah yeah just huge so um yeah, that would be really good. And then I'm going to go home and sleep for a few hours and then get up and go back to the same cinema in central <laughs> London to watch Con Air, which also has a Q&A with the director of Con Air, Simon West. That's, mate, that's like an incredible weekend. Yeah, and this is um, part of the London Action Festival. I mean, by the time, I mean, I've, to be honest, nothing can help them ticket sales. <laughs> <laughs> they um, are a festival who released um, these uh, a lot of, Tickets at very, very high prices. In fact, if you wanted to see Die Hard with John McTiernan and Robert Darvey in attendance, you would have to pay £50, whereas as we record now, they've dropped it to a tenner because it looks like the ticket sales have been very low. But if you charge an extortionate amount in a time where cost of living is a Mm. thing and also, uh, especially over the weekend, there are train strikes, people aren't going to go. So, uh, But no, yeah, it's going to be a busy weekend. I'm also going to see the premiere, well, premiere, the world premiere of the first two episodes of the new Netflix series, The Sandman, the Neil Gaiman thing. Mm-hmm. Um, at the BFI cast and Neil Gaiman will be there as well, doing a bit of a, a chat. Yeah, listen to you just like yeah. mixing with the celebs in in London and watching watching these films. Bloody and, um, yeah, because I'm trying to find something to do on. Um, a bank holiday weekend because I've got all this time off work. I'm just like, there's a, there's a couple of gigs. Um, that I'm probably going to book, uh, one of which is the Bank Holiday Sunday um, at uh, um, Victoria Park, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Cave from the Bad Seeds. Okay, yeah. Oh, Tina would love to have gone to that. Yeah, I mean, it's always, it would have always been a year since I saw Nick Cave and Warren Ellis uh, in Ipswich. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't seen with the Bad Seeds yet. So, um, And the other one is on the Bank Holiday Thursday, maybe a bit more uh, your cup of tea uh, band, which... Yeah, like I might go, but the fact I've forgotten who it was, um, <laughs> but I can remember where they're playing, um, is, uh, says it all. I'm just calling up a website now of this venue. Oh, dear. Um, where are they yeah, playing? Where is it? The Black get... Heart in Camden. Okay. Which is just like a small room. At, uh, oh, it's, uh, it's, it's above a pub. Yeah. It's quite, quite well known. Yeah. Um, I'm just Pretty Boy Floyd. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not. I couldn't tell you one of their songs, but rock and roll set the night on fire. I want to be with you. They're the two main ones, but yeah. it doesn't sound great on YouTube, but it's like 20 quid and I want stuff to do bank holiday weekend. Yeah, Cause yeah. I've got all this time off. So yeah, might yeah. go to that as well. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, just wait till October, man. That'd be the one where I'll be just reeling the gigs off. Or, or rocktober as it rock, is. Yeah. Very nice. Rocktober. Yeah. Yep. Skid be. row winger dare. Fabio Fritzi, then into November, like Carpenter Brute, Magic Sword. 
there's going to be another one which hasn't been announced, but I know it's happening in November. It's just like, oh my god, it's just going to be. I think mid, I mean, there's a few before mid October, mid October to mid November, just going to be rammed. That sounds Can't wait. That sounds Can't good. Wait. But uh, yeah, yeah, busy times coming up. But as I say, bit of a quieter time, bit of a bad head month, but um, getting past that now. So that's good. Ready, ready to rock. <laughs> Loads of stuff though, heavily you know eight is weighted as well yeah now i'm um, talking of music i don't know if you know this dave Go on. um as i move on to another point um there's a certain soundtrack that i was um, i'm making a sort of work playlist for the office um movie music mm-hmm. and i was looking for um albums and uh did you know uh now on spotify and i don't think this is, has been on there for long mm. the soundtrack to rhinestone no way. Including, I believe, some songs that didn't make the album. Oh. But but don't worry, stay out of, stay out of my bedroom. <laughs> that's on there. Drinkenstein's oh, on there. As long as that's on there, mate, it all is good in the world. Yeah. So yeah, Dolly and Sly, uh, the soundtrack is on Spotify. Get on it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. You can't buy the film in the UK, but you can listen to the soundtrack. Yeah, that's fine. Well, that's my morning sorted at work tomorrow. <laughs> yep, just on repeat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll have to remember that one, mate, definitely. Um, oh, my God, I've got a few things here. Let's start off with, because you messaged me about it as well, mate, the video game. Again, once again, we've talked about video games, 80s-related stuff so many times over this past year. Uh, Robocop, Rogue City, is coming out in June 2023 for PC and consoles. And the big thing is, isn't it, mate, the voice and likeness of Peter Weller. Yeah, from what I could, I mean, I'm not a video game guy, but what I could tell, people weren't particularly infused to the game because of who was making it, but the fact they've got Peter Weller reprising the Mm. role was really cool, and it is really cool. I mean, again, I don't know about the quality of the games or anything like that, but it's cool that... I mean, I always, I mean, I probably brought it on my podcast before that time I met Peter Weller and he just looked so pissed off that someone else slammed another copy of Robocop on DVD <laughs> down in front of him. So, yeah, it's cool that he's going back to her role. I mean, obviously, they probably paid him well, but, you know. Yeah, it would be interesting to find out how much, you know, he did get paid for doing that. Well, if he does another convention, I'll, do, I'll go and ask <laughs> how much you get paid for that game. Yeah, put the game in front of him, ask him to sign that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, stay, sticking with video games. Uh, there's an open-world survival game. It's been announced, no release date or anything. Um, it's based on the Terminator films. And I'm just going to quote what it says. It says, it will be an original story that builds on the events of the films. You play as a group of nuclear apocalypse survivors fighting to stay alive in a time period between Judgment Day and the creation of John Connor's resistance. You know what? Just stop. <laughs> Fucking stop. <laughs> Games, films, TV, just like, Stop doing Terminator stuff now. <laughs> Have you had like, enough? Have you had enough Dark of Terminator? Fate, Dark Fate was enough. I liked I Dark Fate. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, no, Dark, it, it was good. I liked it, but that's, you know, stop now. <laughs> like, just stop with it. It's. Do you think we'll ever I, see I, another another Terminator film? Or I do don't you think... want to. I mean, the last one, like, I enjoyed it. I mean, technically, the third best Terminator film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. But it just died on its ass in the cinema. Like, nobody wants to see them. Nobody cares. Like, I know we do, and we want to see Arnie films on a big screen or Stallone films on a big screen, which I'm sure we'll 
sort of get to in a moment actually mm-hmm. with one of your things yeah but, um it's just it's a it just doesn't make any money um i think they got lucky with dark fate being good but it's just like do we need any more of this like mm. <laughs> i mean i'm sure people some people will buy it but it's just i just think people you know people especially film wise people just don't yeah care, unfortunately anymore so the way that this is worded it sounds like um because it's a group of people and you've got to survive it sounds a bit like the, people familiar with video games will know left for dead and back for blood where there's you know there's like four of you and you've got to in those games you've got to survive against zombies it mm. sounds as though this could be something similar but you've got to survive against you know robots and shit but yeah no, i'll keep an eye on it and see might give it a go yeah uh, i don't know i'm just uh, feel a bit burnt out with robocop stuff <laughs> Well, seeing as you did mention it, let's get on to, you know, the usual spot where I just tickle this button. Yo, Polly! I wrote down in the notes since we last recorded because there was a release date announced for Samaritan of August the 26th. And a mere three hours before we sit here recording, the trailer was released for it. And I broke my rule, mate. I broke my rule. (laughs) My rule of if if there's a film that I know I want to watch... I won't watch the trailer because I don't want anything spoiled. But if you can have a nice wank. Well, that's the thing. It's three hours later. I've still got an erection. It's just, it was that good. It was, it was visual Viagra, mate. I enjoyed it greatly. And I'm very stoked. If There will be another trailer coming out before it's released. And I won't watch that one. I don't want any more spoiled, but. I mean, I probably should have watched the trailer when you mentioned it. Considering we're about to record the podcast. <laughs> But I didn't. Are you are you going to do what I normally do then? Are you not going to watch? No, the I'll watch it later. Oh, it's a really good trailer, mate. It is really good. Um, yeah, stuck for that one. Twenty six on um, Amazon Prime. Yes, yeah. I mean, this sort of ties in. Way more people will watch it mm. on, on Prime um, than they would in a cinema. I mean, it's the best thing for like stuff like this, where the audience just isn't there for in a cinema anymore. Way more people will watch it. Mil- like literally millions more people will watch it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's like just, a, just you know, you look, I mean, like Prime, people don't really seem to care about Prime's viewing things, but, you know, you, you see the amount of mil- tens of millions of people watch stuff on Netflix, so, you know, like Stranger Things, and they say, oh, you know, this amount of people watch this season of Stranger Things in the first two weeks, or for example, and it's just insane figures. And I know Prime will be a little less, but still infinitely more people will watch it. So I think it's the best thing. Same with Expendables. Yeah. Get it on Prime, get it on Netflix. Be shit not to see it in the cinema, but we want people to see it. Um, mm-hmm. This is the best way. So. Yeah. Well, they might see, I mean, if Expendables, say, would end up on Netflix, some cinemas around the country do show Netflix films. Now yeah, yeah. You get the best of both then, I suppose. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a smart move for Samaritan. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll definitely be talking about that after we've watched it. Uh, there is, there is. Yeah. Oh, oh, and I have to press this again, obviously. Yo, Polly! I, um, I've got to be careful, because again, I was going to say I came across this YouTube channel, um, and one of the videos that they did is called 80s Action Hero Bodies. Oh, Dave. Whose is the best? Whose is the best, right? So they have Chuck Norris, Dolph Lundgren, um, Jean-Claude Van Damme, 
Carl Weathers, Arnie and Sly, obviously. And they rate them all with, out of 10, in four categories. So you've got motivation, physique goal, training style, and X Factor, that mysterious X Factor. So out of those six, who do you think won? <laughs> Arnie. I don't know Arnie. Arnie was second, mate. He was second to Sly, who scored... Well done, Dave. Who scored 39 and a half out of 40. What oh. a moment that this could be for him and you. It was a moment for me, mate. I did take a moment for that because there were photographs of them and they did go through everything. <laughs> if people do want to watch it, I'm just trying to find the name. The channel is called Athlean-X. Got nearly 13 million subscribers. It's a it's a YouTube channel all about physical fitness. Well, right? they don't need any more. Subscribe to our one instead. <laughs> yes, go to if you're going on YouTube, 60MW podcast. There's clicks. probably some hidden video where Dave's mumbling about Sly's body on there anyway. So you know, <laughs> some 3 a.m. one night a few months ago, couldn't sleep, <laughs> fucking tired and horny, just started recording. Doing a live stream it's yeah. on there somewhere just just search for it yeah it's just me flicking through google images but sly sly plus yeah, naked good. oh look at that one i've not seen that one before uh, italian stallion <laughs> surprisingly that's that's the one that's got the most views on the youtube channel as well it's quite weird but <laughs> moving on um et that awesome oh. movie the awesome film one of your favourites. We course. will watch it together one day. <laughs> Fourth, it's getting a 40th anniversary IMAX release on August the 12th. Uh, oh, I might go to that. Yeah, it's, it was uh, the highest grossing movie of 1982. It made $435 million at the box office. Nominated for nine Academy Awards and won four of them. And I've still never seen it. No, you haven't. Yeah, I might go to that. I've not seen E.T. in years. I will um, put it out again. I keep saying this every time E.T. is mentioned, but... You never know. Uh, I will watch it if, and it's a big if, granted, somebody can get me any interview time with either True Barrymore or Steven Spielberg. There you go. Well, that's not going to happen, Dave. We'll just watch it one time. We'll <laughs> get in an interview with someone, one of the fucking... Well, if, if I haven't got an interview kids. with either of them by its 50th anniversary, well, okay. then maybe we'll, we'll watch, watch it together. Then. Watch it together then. Okay, let me see. Let me see if we can get... You're going to get Spielberg and you're not going to get Drew Barrymore, so give that up. <laughs> Let's be real. Let's be realists. Uh, guess news. I'm not going to go into the full story of this. I'm but... still looking for people from ET that you might be able to get. But carry on with Kiss, though, if you want. Yeah, I've got to tell you this Kiss news, mate, because there was a whole furore online on YouTube. There was... Um... And please go and look it up. Just put, anybody, if you've got any interest in Kiss, you probably know about this already. But uh, if you don't, just type in Kiss plus Sam Loomis because this YouTube user under the name of Sam Loomis released loads of never-before-seen footage of Kiss, uh, some of which, mate, was from the Asylum tour. Yes, 80s Kiss is the best kiss. <laughs> oh, and I was like, fuck yes. I was, yeah, I've got to watch this, which I did. Uh, and I'm glad I did because he was putting stuff up every day. And it's all to do with... I'll cut a, a huge story, which is still ongoing, very, very short. Apparently, this YouTuber, under the name of Sam Loomis, like I said, bought 
this um, these tapes from oh, I forget the name Kurt, Curtis Gooch, I think it was. And uh, sorry, what? <clears throat> I could be wrong. Came uh, right there. Or was it Curtis Taint? I can't remember. It was. <laughs> It was um, under the under the. It was like, well, these these are the only copies. You know, it's going to cost you obviously a shit ton of money, but nobody else owns these. Just me, and you'll be the only other person that will see them. Oh. And the story goes, and again, look into it because there's all sorts of things coming in. Um, that this guy said exactly the same thing to quite a few other people, yeah. and made a lot of money. So this Sam Loomis found out about this rightly got pissed off about it and then went well fuck you then you're not going to make any more money because i'm going to release them all on youtube but then somebody pulled it must have been the copyright card or whatever because after a week or so they all the well the channel got shut down but not before obviously people had downloaded them yeah <laughs> and yeah, re-uploaded them to all different places i see i mean it's too late now it's just like uh what's it you chop one we head off one and two, yeah. two or three others appear it's just like you can't once it's out, it's out. You can't put the genie back in a bottle or whatever you can no, do. No chance. So I'm sure there's still, well, I know there's a lot of it still out there. But yeah, if you've got any interest, just like it's say, just go online and type in Kiss plus Sam Loomis. And it's, it's quite a story, actually. But, I, you know, I was happy for the, some new 80s Kiss footage was always good. Milt Kogan. <laughs> he, was a member, he played a member of a medical unit. He's 86. So, I mean, get more you can before you add him to your favourite section. Yeah. Uh, but, um, I mean, even if he was dead, there's probably more chance of getting him on than Spielberg. But <laughs> I'm, throw- I'm throwing out the challenge. Yeah. Drew Barrymore, Steven Spielberg. 15 uh, minutes. That's all I asked. 15 minutes Milk, with either. Milk Hogan, 15 minutes. is probably all he's got. So <laughs> We need to get him in the next 15 minutes or else. Sean Fry, who played Steve. And he was in two other films. He's probably not doing much unless he's also dead. Well, Milk Hogan's not dead. Hmm. Sean Fry is a child. He was one of the kids. Oh, he should still be alive then, 40 years yeah, later. 55. He looks a very happy man. Yeah. I'm sure he's got stories. He's Elliot's sunglass toting friend. I can't really remember that. As I said, it's been a while. Mm. Yep. Yeah. I'll track him down. You can have Sean Fry instead. Compared to and compared to Spielberg, that's literally small fry. Oh, mate! If if only I had the sound effect queued ready. Oh, for the bunch. Well done, mate. Brilliant. Well done. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Carry anyway on. Let's let's stick with music. Let's stick with some eighties related music because Kane Roberts is back with Alice Cooper. For yes, their September and October shows. Yes. Yeah, um, that's pretty cool. I mean, I, I saw that because I, um, uh, uh, Nita Strauss. Was that yes, yeah. yes, she's fucking good. Obviously, I saw her oh, yeah, for a couple really of months good. ago. Yeah. My God, she can play. So I was just saw that that she was leaving the band. I think mm. she's um, joined um, Demi Lovato or something. Oh, actually, I saw all I saw was band who's rocking up a bit. She's cancelled um, her upcoming solo appearances as well. Yeah, I think she's just joined the band. Like Demi Lovato is quite big. Yeah, but it's like one of these pop pop stars making okay. a bit of a rock album, which is cool. Um, got a good, a very good person to play guitar on your rock album. Um, mm. And I was like, oh, that's a shame. She's brilliant. And then saw Kane Roberts. I was like, fair enough. <laughs> I'll still take looks hench as well. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, he's still uh, still beef, mate. He's still beef. Beefy boy. 
because I got into Alice Cooper. I mean, obviously, I was aware of Alice Cooper for a long time, but I didn't really get into his music until 86 with Constrictor. Yeah, I, I, I mean, in those, similar to Kiss, I mean, I like his 70s stuff. I mean, mm. still, from the inside, it's probably my favourite Cooper album. But generally speaking, I prefer, you know, like Constrictor, mm. um, Trash, Raise Your hey Fist Stupid. and uh, Yeah, Raise Your Fist and Yell, Last Tem- even Last Temptation as well. You know, I prefer, I mean, but I guess heavy albums I sort of heard more as a kid. Yeah. I've still got, because Raise Your Fist and Yell was a year after Constrictor, in, um, so it would be 87. And I've still got somewhere, I've still got my Raise Your Fist and Yell t-shirt somewhere from that game. Nice. Yeah. I'll have to dig it out, actually. I bet you've got some in, in your house, God, for gig shirts and stuff you've got buried. I've got what? Actually, I've got one behind me. Ugh. Here you go. It's, it is. It's inside out at the moment. Put the camera on. Hold well on. Let me do so, it. Oh, yeah, this is. This is useless for a podcast, but I'll it be is, able to yeah. see it. Fuck you, audio listeners. <laughs> Hold on. Start video. Here we go. It's um it's from nineteen it's from nineteen. I'll show you the front. I will put a picture of this on the podcast notes on the website, so I know it's not. It's from nineteen eighty six and it's Twisted Sister from the Come Out and Play Tour. So I'm holding I don't know what you can see. Shall I hold it back? So there's the oh, okay, yeah, okay. Oh, Dave, that is covered in stains. <laughs> covered in special... Oh, he's, um, wash it at least. That, see? It's, it is... It is. Oh, sorry. Pump the mic. Sorry, listeners. Um, it is where the... Under the arms, because it's 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 stiff under the arms from so much... Um, and it's also caked in spunk. <laughs> It's from deodorant, my friend. It is yes, from deodorant. deodorant. Yes. Yes. I'll turn the camera off because I've still got that erection from Samaritan, so I don't want that popping into vision. You seem very low on the... Um... I am. It's because I've changed everything around this new setup. I've changed yeah, it all yeah. around and I haven't set. I've not shrunk in my old age. It feels us. I'm sure the chair's adjustable. Oh, oh. I'm just shrinking, mate. I'm just a bit... It'll just be your forehead soon. That, that will be it. There'll be nothing else. Hans moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, go to, go to the website. I'll put a picture of that t-shirt up on there. I yeah, will. It's, it's a cool. T- it is a cool shirt. Yeah, and, fo- and, and in seriousness, it's 1986. That's worn worn well. It has worn well. The colours are still good, and it still fits me. Nice. That's not that. Come on, that's not bad going, mate. Is it? What is that? 30, oh, 36 years later. Yeah, that's not bad. Stuff. Yeah, I'll take that. Um, I have got a podcast recommendation. I will repeat this on the next entertainment show with Chris, but it is very much 80s related and there's only two episodes out at the moment and it's called The Video Archives Podcast with Quentin Tarantino and Roger Avery. Yeah, I've been listening to some of that. Yeah. Oh, I, lo- I loved it because, I mean, they both worked together at the video store called, and the video store was called Video Archives. Yeah, yeah. And um, And you'll get all the story on it when you listen to it, but... Just as a little snapshot, they both worked there. The video store closed down. Quentin Tarantino bought the stock of the, yes, of yes, the video the store. Entire, and then and the, the shelving. And the shelving even, yeah. And then another video store shut down a little bit down the road. And he bought the stock of that. He's got like about 9,000 VHS tapes in this room. No, you just want to be mates with Tarantino. Oh, just go around yeah. and watch the video. Just, sh- just shoot the shit about movies all night. Wouldn't it be awesome? Wouldn't no, it be can- awesome? But they're talking I don't want to be about... friends with him. I don't want to be friends with him because of his money. I just want to chat with him. Yeah. Like, he just seems like every clip you see of him, he just 
seems like our sort of person. Yeah, <laughs> completely, mate. I would, yeah, I could spend just hours just, like you said, just shooting the shit with him. Years ago, I saw him, um, uh, went under the impression it was just a book signing for the Death Proof screenplay. Okay. Uh, I brought a few other bits along, and we were all, I probably told this story before, we all sort of shunted into a room. Uh, loads of chairs out and he just came out and he just had a chat about films for ages and then he did like he read some of the screenplay um yeah it must have been 45 minutes an hour he was just chatting about films and then he's like okay cool we're going to move into this other room and do, sign your stuff and just such a nice guy that is so cool yeah yeah i've got several tarantino signed things kicking around because he was very generous with the um, amount of stuff he could sign. I think there's a DVD, a poster of a book. I'm sure there was something else. He's a good guy. But yeah, you just so yeah, the moment I heard he was doing a podcast I was like, yes, I want to hear him just talk about films. <laughs> and they do like to uh, robbing our gimmick a bit, do two films a uh, a show, don't they? They do, yeah. And they the good thing about it is they they watch them on video. Yes, they watch cool the video, and then if it's you know if if they haven't got it on video, they obviously they don't watch it. They don't watch Blu-rays, DVDs, and Netflix. Nothing. It's from a, a video, or well, more than one video, uh, from their collection, and it is yeah, it's highly recommended. And as, and as and as he just he owns at least two video stores, and it's going to be going be going for a while. Yes, they've got a lot to talk about. And it's interesting and it's funny and they go off on tangents about stuff and it, and it is really heavily sort of 80s related. So you're listening to this, I'm sure you'll enjoy that if you've not already subscribed to it. So, um, you know, give them a subscribe and um, say we sent you there. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. And say that we'd like Quentin Tarantino on the show. Oh, my God. That'd be the longest podcast in history. <laughs> right then, mate. Let's Let's get this out of the way. You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the reaper. <laughs> it's got to be done. But let's let's begin with James Kahn, who passed away aged 82. And yeah. for me, and I, I'm pretty sure, and I'd be surprised if you pick a different one, but for me, when I think of James Kahn, 80s related again, obviously, I've got to go to 1981 and Thief. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. My God, what a film. That, what a film. Oh. Watched that quite recently. Again, actually, just incredible movie. It is. And again, anybody listening to this, if you haven't seen Thief yet, what a treat. What a treat you've got. Yeah, settle down one night and, and put that on. It's uh, well, well worth watching. Um, I'm going to move on to a music-related one. Michael James Jackson, who passed away, aged only 65 of course, a lot of work with Kiss. You know, he produced. He did the four new songs on Killers, Creatures of the Night, and followed it up with Lick It Up. It's ah, oh, it those albums, mate. Those albums. Mm. So yeah, it's sad to see him go at uh, aged only sixty five. I have, I have got. There's two more, but before I read them out, I'm gonna <laughs> gonna read out two short, succinct WhatsApp messages that you sent to me, mate. <laughs> Which say, first one says, couple of celebrity deaths for you, today for you. Followed by, nice birthday present, you sicko. Well, can't deny it. <laughs> can't deny it, mate. You no, know, you, you got me banged to rights with that. And there were two celebrity deaths. One being David Warner, aged 80. Yeah. And 
I think this, I think, well, both of these are going to be quite controversial. The first one that always pops into mind for me, 80s related with David Warner, is from 1988 and Waxwork. Yeah, that's a... Which I haven't seen for a while, actually, but I always think of that. That's him, 80s David Warner, for me, is in Waxwork. Uh, my 80s David Warner would be Tron. Yeah, that, yeah, that'd be a close second. That's another one I haven't seen for a long time, too, actually. Um, and then uh, Paul Savino, aged 83. Yeah, that was... Was it with like movie movie mobsters and tough guys sort of this this year like Ray Liotta, yeah. James Caan, Paul Savino? I mean, God, Ray Liotta and Paul Savino, same you know, same film, Goodfellas. Mm. It's, uh... Yeah, eighty stuff. I'm going eighty five, <laughs> and the stuff. I like the oh, stuff. Of course, yeah. <laughs> I do I like that. that. Yeah, that's the one I'd go for with him. Um, luckily, it's just those four this time. So that's good. No more. We have had lists that's been that, that's been a lot longer. Yeah, no. Come on. Come. Such satisfaction in it. Oh, I can reaper not do his job properly. Out enjoying the sun, probably bastard. Reaper not reaping. No, get reaping. Get reaping. <laughs> I've got. We got some listener feedback, mate. And if you remember, oh, no. uh, we. Sorry. Don't be yawning when I say listener feed. We'll never hear from anybody again then. You know how difficult it is. That to was get... timing, wasn't it? <laughs> Here's some listener feedback. Oh, <laughs> oh right. Okay. Hold on. I'll just uh, let's get a drink. <laughs> we are honestly excited for listener feedback. Trust us. Please email us or tweet us. We do like it. And we always respond on the show. Like we're going to do with this one, this email from Frederick in Sweden. Um, which reads, hello, dear friends, and a late congratulations on the anniversary. Feels a bit surreal to think that I have been listening to you guys for 10 years already. Frederick, obviously, long-time listener going back to the beginning of 80s Picture House. So, uh, yeah, thank you, Frederick. Uh, to the point, though, yay, another list. I really enjoyed going through the Rolling Stones list a few episodes back, so I had to do the IMDB bottom 100 as well. Oh, yes. How many, Tom? I'm going to put you on the spot. How many do you think Frederick has seen from the bottom 100? Oh, God, what were our figures? I can't remember anymore. Mine was 45. Yours, Yours was more than me. Yours yeah. was like 20-something, weren't it? Yours I? was 26, I think. Frederick. Mm. Oh, I'm going to go in the middle, 35. Oh, you are so close, 32. Mm. I, have, I have seen 32 of them when I write this. Nine of them are on the shelves. He's got nine out of the 32 he's seen on the shelves, mate. Fair play. Well done. Uh, there's also another two on the shelves that I haven't seen yet, but I guess I have to do that soon. So he's seen, he's seen like Son of the Mask, Battlefield Earth. Um, the ones that he's, he's seen and he owns is Jaws 4, The Revenge, uh, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, The Emoji Movie, which he has on Blu-ray, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, Hercules in New York, Barb Wire, uh, Batman and Robin, and that's another one he's got on Blu-ray, Jaws 3, D-War, there, they're the ones he owns. Oh, no, but he, there's two here, mate, and it's a good job you sat down, because he owns, but has not seen, he's got the Blu-ray of Dragon Ball Evolution, and he's, he's got, <laughs> are you ready for this? He's got on DVD. And he's never seen it. Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Oh, wow. <gasps> Even after we talked about it. 
I mean, many moons ago, Frederick, just sort an evening out to get onto that. Sort yourself out. <laughs> you need to see this film. You've got to watch Superman. It shouldn't even be in that list to be on the bottom 100 anyway. It's ridiculous that it's on there. Uh, have a great summer, you two. And again, thanks for all the years of entertainment, past and future, Frederick. Oh, thanks, Frederick. Thank you, Frederick. So do appreciate that. And and you said he's been listening to us for 10 years now. Oh, my word. He's a medal. Uh, he should. Yeah, we should send him some sort of certificate. <laughs> I don't know what would be on yeah, it. Yeah, you're certifiable for listening to this. <laughs> yeah, and that would be it. Uh, so, yeah, please please get in touch with us. We promise we will not we'll not yawn or sneeze right. or, or anything like that. I'm not going to say I'm not going to sneeze. Anything could happen. <laughs> I just hold my breath. <laughs> we did. There is one more piece of listener feedback that we got, and it's from, twi- <gasps> from, from Twitter. We're not going to breathe. We're not going to talk. We're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're just gonna slunk s- the head drops against the keyboard. <laughs> we're gonna sit here in silence. That's all we're gonna do. Some people may say that's evidence of feedback. <laughs> yeah. Uh we on Twitter, Rob Beardsley. You mentioned him earlier. Uh he did send us a tweet. Um I said I always do a tweet before me and Tom record if we've got any comments and questions, be it about the two films that we're gonna talk about or anything else at all. And he did. He sent us a question, mate. And the question is... Oh, God, yes, I saw it. And and this is <laughs> this is a deep dive for long-time listeners. I'm not even yeah. going to go into the context of it or anything. No, no, but if, if you know, you know. But it's a, it's a question worth asking. And, you know, you, you can think of yours as you're listening to this as well. Because the question is, who's your favourite Muppet? Who is it, Tom? Beaker. Oh, that's a good choice. Yeah, yeah, Beaker's a good one. See, mine, for years, mine was always Animal. Yes, I remember that, actually. But then, but but when this character appeared, I've changed, and my favourite is Pepe the King Prawn. Nice. Mm. Also good. Yeah, Pepe was a good latter-day. Yeah. It's not that latter now, I guess, but also good. I'm just looking at first appearance, uh, 1996. God. Yeah, quite a while ago. So, yeah. Well, I guess that was in... um, was that in Treasure Island? Um, like sort of first time, appearance, Muppets Tonight. Oh, yeah, the BBC show. Mm. Mm. So there you go. Well, um, you know. Yeah. Oh, do you remember when um, I tweeted Russell Crowe asking him that? Oh, for fuck's sake. I'd forgotten and, all about and he, that. And he, and he fucking replied. <laughs> That's and amazing. He said, and he replied saying Ricky Gervais. <laughs> How the fuck did I forget that? Oh, my word. Um, yeah, Rob, that... who's your favourite Muppet? <laughs> you tell us. Oh, my God. Yeah, tell us. I mean, it's an easy one to do. Email, tweet. It's a quick yeah, tweet. Yeah, everyone, tell us. Yeah. Who's your favourite Muppet? Who's your favourite Muppet? Come on, get it to us. <laughs> and we may explain the origin of it, or we may not. We may just leave it a mystery. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's as you say, it's a, it's a deep cut. It is a very deep cut. Past, it then. is, yeah. It's like playing... It's like a radio station saying they're going to play an 80s Kiss song. And, if you, and they play and if Dark you, Light from The Elder. Something like that, isn't it? It's just really... But if you wanted some context, all you would have to do is add one extra letter to the word cut. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll that get you closer to the, the origin yeah. story of it. So there we go. There's the question for everybody. Who's your favourite Muppet? There. Easy. Yeah. Uh, right, yeah, that's, that's me done with all the 80s-related stuff, mate. 
You've did you've did it. You've I, done it even. I did I did do do it. I had a few bits as well. I spoke to <laughs> Um, oh yeah, we're going to move on to the films and this would be the point where I would play the trailer for your pick because it was your first time watch pick, Tom. Um, yes, but surprise, surprise pick. Is... No um, no trailer. I could not find one. I could find one for a film of the same name but from 1981, not from 1989. So obviously... Oh my God, it's the, the, the title even got used before. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I'll just I'll hand it directly over to you, mate, without a trailer. Well, thank you, and I was I, I bet the uh, 1981 version it was also called Night School. It's probably better. Yeah, I'd, uh, yeah, I'd pretty much bet on that too, mate. So my film is from 1989, the other end of a decade. Um, I had to have a bit of a hunt. This was on YouTube in the end. Um, gave it the old letterboxed once over. Mm-hmm. Saw reviews that seemed seemed decent. Um, it's an anthology piece called Terrorize. Terror Eyes. Now, you see, I didn't get that until... Dave. Well, I didn't know. I guess I... you didn't say it out loud. Then. Exactly, yeah. And it was, a, it was a message. It was a WhatsApp message you sent me. And then it, then it clicked and I went, ah, Terrorize. Of course. Now I know. <laughs> but yeah, I was just reading it and not sort of saying it in my head. So this is an anthology. Um, it's a, a frustrated, ad, it's a writer's strike and an advertising executive is um, gets an assignment uh, from a boss to write the screenplay to a horror film uh, with the help of her friends. Uh, they go on a weekend camping expedition <coughs> uh, to uh, share their scariest stories. There's the anthology, including the stuff that happens at the camping expedition. Mm. So uh, this is directed by Eric Parkinson, um, who didn't really direct much else a film called a future shock michael ritzy who directed joe estefez in soul taker oh joe estefez oh shit sorry i'm banging my sorry oh, that was that me reaction to joe estefez i uh, know it is i told you it's all the, all the setups changed here i'm still not used to it so i just twatted my vimto against the mic stand Uh-oh. i hope there wasn't a spillage and the thing is i pressed the mute button because i had a cough and I was going to swig the Vimto, which I did. So, I, you know, I did good. I pressed the mute button and then I unmuted myself and twatted the fucking mic stand. Anyway, go nice. on. Nice. Uh, and the third director of uh, pieces, Steve Summers, not to be confused with Stephen Summers. It's a guy called Steve Summers mm-hmm. who only directed this. Um, so uh, it sort of starts, you know, like they make out there's a writer's strike. And the first of the anthology is um, A Dream. Uh, uh, advertising executive herself is having, which is about um, a book, mm. um, uh, the book of life. Um, mm, gets delivered, doesn't it, to them? Yeah. So, um, as I should preface with, if like all the stories have got the same actors in, yeah, playing different roles. Um, so, yeah, uh, a guy comes to the door and gives this couple the book of life. It turns out it's about their life, and as um, one of them is reading it for things that are actually happening. The husband slash boyfriend's a terrible actor. <laughs> and it's it's not good at all, but it's quite entertaining um, in that it's rubbish. Um, I was hooked. I, I've got to admit, I was hooked. Yeah, it is. The acting is terrible. The Everything about it is the lighting is terrible. 
It, yeah, it's it, just in a room, in yeah, a living room. It looks really cheap, doesn't it? You know, like really, really cheap. But the actual story, which isn't original, I've seen it done a few times before, but I do yeah, like Twilight it. it's Twilight Zone-esque. Yeah, it is very Twilight Zone-esque, where this but, book's delivered, and then she's reading it, and she's reading out what the you know, a partner's saying because the book is just exactly that's happening. But it's got, if they flick to the back of the book, they'll know the end of their story. So the yeah. thing is, you know, don't don't flick forward through the book because that is going to happen to you and you don't want to know. And they do have a look, don't they? And they do, they do. I did find as well, I won't go into deep into spoilers, um, it doesn't really matter, but um, some good makeup effects, um, especially at the end of... Uh, the book of life uh, story hmm. um uh, i did notice in the credits uh jeff yeager um was one of the people doing the nice. makeup effects so okay. but yeah i think like really good especially for a low budget film really good makeup effects is a bit of a gross out acidy bit yeah, the end <laughs> yeah. Of this story and uh, yeah i thought it was looked pretty cool in that sort of 80s horror way it was um yeah like you say yeah. for the, you know especially considering the budget there was there's was pretty decent practical effects in it yeah, so I, I probably enjoyed uh, the first story. Yeah, I was me too. Like, okay, cool. Next one. So the next one is like she wakes up from that dream and her and her husband, who's actually uh, um, Daniel Roebuck, who's in everything. Um, <laughs> he, uh, they go off on this camping trip. That's when things start to uh, oh. slow down a little. Now, yeah. I think yeah. this film had some really good ideas in it. Like yeah. the camping trip, like, Okay, I will get into spoilers because I want to talk about it. Um, yeah, yeah. So, like, at one point, um, the husband slash boyfriend, Daniel Roebuck, is sort of replaced by um, a clone, an evil sort of clone creature, or the creature turns into him, something like that. Mm. And his body is left there, and that's sort of like the twist. It's not him, it's it's this uh, creature thing. And I was like, that's a really good idea. And one of the stories is a sort of Groundhog Day-esque um, person repeats the same period mm-hmm. of time thing. Yeah, and this is 1989. This is four years before Groundhog yeah, Day. Yeah. I was just like, "Wow, that's pretty cool," but it's just not very interesting anymore. Is the thing? It falls as far as holding holding my attention. It it fell off a cliff after that first story. It really did. Like you said, the ideas were there, but the execution of them just left a lot to be desired. And it did. Yeah, it, it didn't. Nowhere near passing the clock test. I was looking at how long it was to go. Like when there was, like, I mean, it's only a ninety-minute film, but I think there was probably like over an hour left when I started looking at how long still to go. Yeah, I can't remember looking at the how long was left. Maybe now it's funny. Like I was messaging you whilst watching it, and you yeah. said you couldn't even remember what the last story was about. Yeah, I, I yeah. can't either. Well, this is the thing, and the thing is, I remembered, and it's about a week ago now since I watched it, but it was one of those films where, as I was watching it, it's like watch two minutes, forget the last minute that's happened, and it, you know, it's, it's like yeah. this. I could only hold like one minute in my head at a time that's happened because it just wasn't engaging me whatsoever. So then it finished, yeah. and I was thinking about it a few days later because you watched it a day or two after me. Yeah. And I remember saying to you, you know, like you said, yeah, I, I enjoyed the first one. And then I enjoyed the last one. The middle ones I thought were shit. And I could remember what happened in the first one because I did really enjoy it. 
But why can't I remember the final story when I yeah, all I can remember is that I did enjoy the final story and I can't it's yeah, gone it mate okay. it's just gone I think there was someone in a cage and being sort of chased and it was sort of a westerny sort of theme if I remember but it's gone really like I, I got more out I mean did I get more out of it I don't know I uh, I, I certainly remember more from the Groundhog Day esque one and mm. the the stuff at the campsite than it, but um, I do remember enjoying it when it was on. It wasn't as good as the book one, but because you messaged me because I watched it first, so you saw my rating. I gave it one and a half on Letterboxd, and you watched the first one about the book, and like me, you enjoyed it, and you sent me a message something along the lines of, "What was it? Oh, it was it. It wasn't. Is that an ironic score on Letterboxd? But it yeah, was because was... you were having a good time with it, and you obviously thought, "What the fuck's he doing? Giving it one and a half stars when this is pretty good up to now." Yeah, I mean, it was because I was just like, because even if I thought it was absolute garbage, but enjoyed it, I probably still would have given it a star and a half. Mm. It's like, oh, maybe Dave's done that because this is enjoyable so far. It was just, and then I was like, and then I think I had pretty much the same thing as as you. I was like, oh. Yeah, it does. Just completely lost all interest in it. There is something we haven't done for a while, though, that we should touch upon is the cover. Now, the cover's great. I mean, I didn't go for it because of the cover, because I think we've been burned by that. Oh, yeah. Um, several times. I'm looking at it now. I mean, it is one that's got you, much to do with the video store. Happens. You would pick it up in the video store and rent it, wouldn't you? From one of those from the cover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's got, I mean, you'll probably have it in the notes and what have you, but yeah, it's got no more films, no more horror. What's the devil to do? And then in bright yellow terror eyes, and then it's a Hollywood sign background in the Hollywood Hills and there's a blonde girl who's like scream well her mouth is open I don't know if she's screaming could be anything um and there is uh, I suppose this is supposed to be the devil but yeah red skinned he's got hair he's wearing sunglasses and a red smoking jacket and he's just sort of like tilting <laughs> the sunglasses down and then a night of comedy and terror ensues when a beautiful young writer is chosen by an agent from hell to write the script to a horror film <laughs> decent decent cover it is yeah i mean yeah so. you would you would grab this in yeah the, in the video store but um not why i chose it i did go straight to the scores on that box too it seems to be a lot more well received than ours but uh mm. there we go yeah, yeah the, a lot of people liked it a lot more than we did you know it's don't get me wrong it's not like people throwing five stars at it but they did get more enjoyment out of it than we did yeah, mm. which is a shame. I mean, I know we, I always go to the letterbox scores now, but um, I guess it's still all subjective, isn't it? So Yeah, it does. But if you want to give it a go, it's on YouTube. Just search Terror Space Eyes uh, 1989. Yeah. And um, the quality's and, pretty yeah. good. Yeah, it's a, it's a VHS fit, but um, yeah, it's fine. I mean, it, I mean, if nothing else, you'll probably enjoy the first one because that's a bit of shitty, yeah. bad acting fun, which, uh, and hopefully you'll get more out for rest than we did yeah and again as always if you do watch it um even if it is that first little story send us an email let us know what you think did you think it was good or not good let us know right yeah. for my pick the rewatch pick there did just happen to be a trailer so i scoured youtube for it mate and yeah i mean it's equally obscure I yeah mean, i think a few more people have probably seen terrorize than this yeah and it was like oh god all i could find was you know like the spanish trailer and then there was 
weird one. And then eventually found an English language trailer. So, uh, yeah, sit back. Here's the trailer to my rewatch pick. Listen, honey, when you land, can we check into a hotel or leave the kids with your parents? Order some room service. You're on, Lieutenant. I see in about a half an hour, honey. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Christmas Eve. There a cop on duty around here? Airport police. Go get him. Jingle bell swing and jingle bells ring. Washington, D.C. International Airport. What's this about? Oh, just a feeling I have. Ouch. When you get those feelings, insurance companies start to go bankrupt. The tower's lost control. Instrument landing system is down. Backup systems won't come up. We've got blizzard conditions. Zero visibility. Attention all controllers. We have a code red alert. There's panic in the air. Professional mercenary. You got the world's biggest drug dealer on his way here now. What do you need, a slide rule to figure this out? You get the hell out of my office before I throw you out of my damn airport. And terror on the ground. Who is this? Who I am is unimportant. What I want is very important. Oh, we are just up to our neck in terrorists again, John. But for police officer John McLean. It's just another Christmas. You're the wrong guy in the wrong place at the wrong time. Story of my life. Slaughter cells in maybe two hours. After that, those planes low on fuel aren't going to be circling. They're going to be dropping on the White House lawn. Any attempt to restore your systems will be met by severe penalties. Somebody out there. It's McLean. Up! Wife's plane. They're gonna run out of fuel in 90 minutes. What are you gonna do? Whatever I can. Last time, it blew you through the back wall of the theater. Ah! Got a cowboy right too rough. I don't like the fly. What are you doing here? I don't like the lose either. This time, ah! it'll blow you sky high. You expected? No. This is just the beginning. On July 4th, Die Harder. Bruce Willis, Die Hard 2. Yes, Die Hard 2. The sequel to that film you might have watched called Die Hard two years previous in 1988. Uh, Die Hard made 140 million box office, mate. And obviously launched Bruce Willis into the stratosphere as far as his um, his cinema career was concerned. And it was inevitable that a sequel was going to be made. And yeah, here we go. A couple of years later. And a couple of years later, so funny because it's Die Hard, Christmas Eve. Two years later, Die Hard 2, Christmas Eve. They, I mean, I guess they had to tie the two films together in some ways, apart from just the character of John McClane, which is the cop uh, that Bruce Willis... I mean, well, I mean, what do you think as far as... It didn't have to be set at Christmas. Well, well, no, it didn't have to be set at Christmas, but there needed to be some... They couldn't set it at the Nakatomi Tower like the first one. And then, of oh, course... No, I'm... I mean, it's fine that it's set in an airport, and yeah. but need to set it at Christmas again. And I mean, I think... I mean, I don't want to put the cart before the horse here. I think Die Hard with a Vengeance proves that these films don't need to be set at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I won't talk about the other two films. I'll only talk up to three. <laughs> you refuse to, to talk about any after three. 
<laughs> I mean, obviously, we're presuming that everybody listening has watched the first one because it's fucking diehard. And if you haven't yeah. watched it... And probably this one and three as well. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I don't think we should apologise for any spoilers here. Oh, no. It so, is... I remember... It. I haven't watched this for a long, 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 long time. And I do remember... And I'd watched it numerous times, you know, when it came out, of course, and really enjoyed it. And I think when you've got a film as successful as Die Hard, it's it's so tricky. You think, oh, okay, there's going to be a sequel. You know, it made a shit ton of money. And what are we going to do with it? And you're on a bit of a hiding to nothing, in a way, with with things like this. And I, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll go through it. Obviously, not scene by scene or anything like that. But I do need to get one takeaway from it that I had completely forgotten. And I, I'd forgotten that in Die Hard 2, John McClane kills the T-1000. Yes, he does. How the Short fuck work. did I forget that? He kills Robert Patrick. <laughs> I forgot. And then I think it was the next film. Robert Patrick's next film was Terminator 2. Yeah, just for next year, 1991. Yeah. Know, so it must have been. So, yeah, that scene came on and I was like, fuck, I'd, I'd totally forgotten that that was in it. So we got, yeah, it's two years later, it's Christmas Eve, and John McClane, he's waiting at Washington Dulles Airport for his wife, Holly, to land. She's on the plane that's uh, approaching the airport. And, of course, shit kicks off. Um, yeah, so there's a, there's a plane that's carrying a, a foreign military leader. Um, he's heading there under extradition, and there's this... Um, oh my god the character i'm trying to think of the character's name character name william sadler william sadler's character is called is called stewart gordon swipe he's colonel something rather isn't he colonel stewart's colonel stewart um william sadler it's got to be said he should have gone into that um what's that the 80s buff bodies thing list that i read out (laughs) fuck me he's he was he'd been hitting the weights hadn't he something yeah and you see his bum. So if you want to see William Sadler's bum, you, you, you get to see it in, in this. So, yeah, yeah, uh, there's McLean is at the airport and the terrorist activity goes on. He spies it happening. He gets embroiled in it, of course. And it's all going to be sorted because planes start crashing. His wife is on the plane that's approaching the airport, like I said. And there's only really him that can sort the terrorists out in his own fashion, much like as in Die Hard. There's a lot of things similar to Die Hard. Um, and it's nice to see some reoccurring characters as well. We've got Sergeant Al, Al Powell. He's back in it again, which is... Um, yeah, for... Not for like, long, though. I, no, I mean, it's just like, there's... I like it. There's no point for it being to be set Christmas. Equally, there's no point Al Powell to be in it. Like, Do you think then, because the reporter, people remember the reporter from Die Hard 1, um, Richard Thornburg, yeah, who's a pain in the eye. Now, should he have been back in it again or not? What do you think? Well, it was either that in that case because like Al Pal is like anyone could have just done that scene, hmm. or he could have just like got uh, the information he needed any other way. Thornburg, they could have either just had him and say, "I have in Die Hard too. Here he is being a dickhead again," hmm. or a similar, a new character who's just people just like, oh, it's just another version of Richard Thornburg. So maybe it was a no-win situation there, but... Um, 
But there is another character like Richard Thornburg, though, isn't there? You, you've always got to have. So you've got the hero. So you've yeah, got good you've point. got Bruce Willis. You know, as John McClane, he's the hero. You know, you've got the bad guys. You've got William Sadler. Who I think is is a good bad guy in this. Yeah, I don't think he's as strong as um, Rickman or Irons, uh, mm. but he's he's fine. Yeah, I think he's good in it. And um, yeah, you've got. And then of course you've got. Sorry, that's kind of an unfair comparison. I don't think he's as good as Alan Rickman or Jeremy Irons. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes. Those two the greatest actors. <laughs> those two bit part players. Yeah, those hacks. Yeah, yeah. They they couldn't even get a part in Terrorize, could they? They weren't even in that. That oh, show was pathetic. terrible. <laughs> and you always have, I always refer to it as the, the um, like the mayor in Jaws. You know, the fucking dick character that you shout in the screen and denies you know shit's going down so you've got richard thornburg the character of richard thornburg as the reporter who comes back in from the first one again but then you've got the airport security guy as well so they go it's a double dick move that they've got in this one that you're going fucking hell he's he's annoying but they need the characters like this and i think it's more i always thought they just got him in dennis franz um just because of nypd blue was big okay Let's have him play a cop. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, yeah, I mean, he's a dickhead as well. Yeah. So, so yeah, I know but... I'm preaching to the converted here because I'm sure everybody's watched this that's listening to this. So you'll know, but you might not have watched it for a long time, like me. So, whereas in the first one, everything was set in the Nakatomi Tower. This is set at Dulles Airport. And, uh, you know, it's the battle with the terrorists once again. And there's, I found it to be more, there was more blood in it. There were more squibs in it, I thought, than the first one. I thought it was more, I don't know about more violence, but there's quite a few decent set pieces. I did find it sillier. I thought this, I thought this was more of an 80s action film than Die Hard was. What What do you think of that point to begin? Yeah, I mean, you look at who directed it, though. Um, mm. It's gone, It's definitely yeah. 100% going to be sillier as Rennie Harlan's directing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, it's more... Like bigger body count, you know. Like I was reading a thing about it. It's just like not many people were killed in Die Hard, really. But mm. like William Sadler just literally blows up an entire plane full of people. That's just some of the people that died in Die Hard too. So yeah, bigger body count, more ridiculous. I mean, it's sequel fever in it. It's uh, it's always gonna be. But yeah, no, I I, I think you're right. It's got it's more. It is more cheese. There doesn't yeah, to be a, not as, a, big, a good splattering of 80s cheese. It's not as... Oh gosh, I don't know if subtle is a word if I'm talking about diehard films, but it's not as subtle as diehard. That's mm. probably the wrong word, but it's... Yeah, it's... Yeah, and Bruce Willis just goes for it more with a you know the character. He's obviously allowed to add a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, they just... Everything is multiplied. Like, William Sadler's a bad guy. I mean, Thornburg's like... No pun intended. Fawn him aside. Mm-hmm. Dennis Rands is a bit of a fawn him aside. Franco Nero's there as well as the Franco underused Nero's Franco awesome. Nero. Underused Franco Nero. <laughs> Definitely. Franco Nero. Definitely. Um, and then, spoilers, John Amos is also a bad guy too. John Amos <laughs> is great. So yeah, they've got some really good actors being the, being the bad guys. This is more bad guys, more explosions, more depth zones, more everything. Yeah. It is, yeah, it is more, just more of everything. You know, more like- Christmas. Yeah, there is even yeah, there is even more, more Christmas, more miniatures. There's a lot of yeah. wow. I'd forgotten again how much work was done with miniatures. Obviously, with stuff to do with the planes and even 
just like sets, little build, little buildings, and all of this. There's loads. It almost, but not quite. It's it's like touches Thunderbirds esque almost at times, um, but with especially when it's the planes crashing and stuff. I again, and everybody's sick of me saying this. I'd much preferred the miniatures to CG. I just because that's what I grew up with. I just find it more more not realistic but just more engaging for me as a viewer to watch the miniatures rather than cg so that was nice yeah um, but yeah it is it it is oh, it's, it's very silly but there's some there's just something about it that i really liked and i liked it i remembered it going in i thought oh yeah it's going back to the letterbox star thing like i think it's like a solid three and a half and that's it and i watched it again and it was it was a four star viewing for me this time. Oh, nice. I, I enjoyed it. I think it was the most that I've enjoyed watching it. And now whether that's because when it came out, uh, watched it a lot, watched it, you know, the years after that, watched it a lot, and then I've had a big gap and not seen it. Whether that had something to do with it or not, it probably did. That I enjoyed it. Yeah, I could say far more than I've ever done before. And I, it, that came out of the box office as well because Die Hard 1 made 140 million and this made 240 million worldwide yeah, at the box office. More, yeah. Which is going gonna make another one, which, you know, they, they waited five years until until the next one. Um but even though it does repeat a lot of the, you know, the themes from the original Die Hard, oh yeah, it's just it's just so enjoyable. And Bruce Willis is a big part of that for me. Oh yeah. He God, is yeah. so watchable. And he's you know he's having a ball with the character, like you said, and, you know, he knows the character now. And, you know, again, probably appreciative of what he did for his career and, and having fun with it. And I always thought, it's looking back on it as well, when you look at Rennie Harlem and you think, oh, what director were we going to get to to follow up this, you know, big hit of Die Hard? And then you look at what Rennie Harlem had done before it. Now, granted, two years earlier, Nightmare on Elm Street 4 was a big hit, wasn't it? It was... At the time, was it, is, oh, yeah. is it the all-time for the, the Elm Street series? Is it the highest-grossing one? I know it was when it was it released. Was, yeah. Um, and then the year before that, Prison, which is a film I haven't seen for a long time. Hmm. Possible rewatch pick. Um, but he wouldn't be considering for some of the directors that were out at that point of the eighties. Rennie Harlan is not the the immediate one that you jump to. No. No. And we have we've pulled him up with what drivel, as you've now got, yes. got me calling it the Stallone film driven. But then he did, he's did Cliffhanger, and yeah. you know he's done Long Kiss Goodnight. It's so he's he's very hit and miss. But I like what he did with Die Hard too, and I do like the silliness of it, and I do like the miniature work, and I love Bruce Willis in it, and I do love how over the top it is, and how violent it is, and the set pieces about it. And yeah, that that four star is easily a four star for me on this. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I've been a bit negative about it. Why is it at Christmas? It doesn't need to be this. Doesn't need to be that. But it was still a lot of fun. Yeah. Like in spite of all that, it's still a lot of fun. And Bruce Willis is great. And I mean, the people have named as bad. Just the people have named as the bad guys in the film. Just um, great, amazing that they've got these people. I mean, they definitely. Wasted Franco Nero in this. Oh, like yeah, completely. Franco Nero. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. Um, and I mean, I guess it is crowded, full of bad guys and fawns and sides a little bit. But it's just fun. It is fun seeing these people in it. It's just more excessive and everything. 
Um, but yeah, no, it is just still a lot of fun in spite of its flaws. Yeah. It's made me want to watch the other ones now. Definitely three. I Yeah, I won't watch. I mean, I didn't mind the fourth one when it came out. Um, Timothy Oliphant was good. I liked that they had him mm-hmm. as a bad guy. Fifth one's a piece of shit. Um, but the third one, I went on Letterboxd, and I have not seen that since um, I logged films on Letterboxd, and, you know, like imported all the uh, logging oh, films. That was 2012. Wow. So, yeah, in the next few days, uh, well, maybe not in the next few days, but soon I will... Uh, Gonna uh, get that on and revisit it, and because that's a summertime one, so uh, yeah, now is the time to uh, watch it in New York. Summertime in New York, Sam Jackson and John McTiernan again uh, back to direct. Oh yeah, yeah, there you go. That'd be good timing for uh, when you see him in person. So yeah, yeah, great, great film, and this easily passed the clock test. It's a shade over two hours long, and and not once did I look at how long was still to yeah. go. Yeah, no, it's a good fun. Yeah, so yeah, let us know. Let us know what you think of Die Hard Two. Where, does, where do you think it stands within all of the diehard films? Do you like it? Do you dislike it? Sends- where do you think it stands with diehard films, Dave? You haven't even said. Oh, you know what? I mean, the first is a classic, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Classic. I think everyone agrees with the first. Yes. Yeah, so you've, got, you've got to put the first one in first place. And then, yeah, probably three. And then two. I'd go one, three, two. And I haven't seen the other ones for so long that I can't really remember them. The the last yeah, one, yeah, I mean, the last one Tina's never seen, so we'll probably go right. through them, do a rewatch of them all. Um, but yeah, I'd go one, three, two. Yeah, I'll go one, three, two, then four, five. So one, three, two. Yeah, four, five. <laughs> yeah, long it's pause, big, long pause, yeah. four, five. <laughs> Which is a shame. It would have been nice if they were better than they were, but hey ho. Is there anybody out there that prefers like the four or five? You know, n- not ne- not necessarily to the first one, but you know, would you put four and five higher in your list than we do? Again, let us know. Let us know why. That'd be interesting to find out. Yeah, too right. Um, yeah, that was definitely worth a rewatch, mate. That one. So glad. Yeah, we never said with Terrorize. Was it was it worth a first time watch? I think people know the answer, but was it worth watching? Yeah, if it was, mm, first <laughs> bit was first twenty minutes or so is worth watching. Then after that, save yourself some time. Turn, turn it off. Die Hard 2, though, definitely worth rewatching. Right. Yeah. We shall be back in just a minute with the films that we're going to talk about in our August show. And it's me for the first time watch. And while this film is not, it's not from the 80s, but it is most definitely 80s related in a very strong way. And it's not even out yet, mate. But we will get to see it before we record at the end of August. And it's um, it's the origin story of Predator. It's called Prey. In it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you haven't. But you will be. You will be watching it. We're going to watch that. Um, what are you going to say with Stallone thing? I was just like, oh, God. Nah, oh, you know that's going to be a... Well, we'll be talking about it, if nothing else. Uh, no, that's out. No, we'll probably be re- have recorded by the time that comes out. So Yeah, I mean, that's out it, like next week, next Friday. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my first time watch. Prey 2022. Uh, I've seen the trailer for it. I'm quite interested by it. 
It's Predator, isn't it? You've got to watch it. So, um, yeah, we'll give you our yeah, thoughts that's, on that. That's an argument that's held up well over years. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, uh, there's no my rewatch pick. Uh, there's no sort of thing behind it other than I just feel like watching it again. I'll either be watching it on Blu-ray, the Ooh. Arrow Video Blu-ray, or you never know, might be one of the mystery movies mm-hmm. that the all-nighter go to. But yeah. um, I have chosen The Last Starfighter. Ooh, good pick, mate. Yeah, I haven't seen that for a long time. Long, long time. So, so uh, yeah, yeah, it's only been a couple of years since I saw it. Got the um, Arrow Blu-ray of that, but you never know. Might might be something that they show on Saturday. So uh, one way or the other, I'll be watching it. Yeah, it is one of those films that could sort of appear at the you know mystery 80s movie yeah. nights isn't it is bang the last starfighter on and you know it's going to go down well so yeah good pick mate looking forward to that one right we shall round everything off remind people of the website which they know but i'll tell them anyway 60mw.co.uk numerical 60 not alphabetical everything's on there we've talked about letterbox like we always do if you want to follow what me and tom or the rest of the team watch Go to the Meet the Team page and our letterbox names are on there. You can follow us on Letterboxd and um, have a look at what we watch and how we rate them. And, you know, you can that's another way of sending us a message. Comment on what we watch as well. Uh, yeah, the podcast, there's the World Tour. Again, if you don't know what that is, go to the website, click on the World Tour page, join in. I've stuck some more pictures on there over the last month. Uh, Twitter at 60MW Podcast, always giving away films. So if you want to have a chance... To, uh, to win some Blu-rays, DVDs, box sets, follow us on there. And that is the main way that I keep everybody up to date with uh, with everything that's going on. So, yeah, do that. How can they follow you, Tom? I don't think we've done that for a while. I don't think I've asked you for ages. How can they follow you if they want to? Uh, Twitter's probably best um, because, I mean, <laughs> because I don't need to explain myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, at Tom Downey, T-H-O-M-D-O-W-N-I-E. To be fair, I tweet a lot. Uh, they can just stalk yeah. you can't they just online yeah. stalk you on there yeah. I might say something funny at some point <laughs> uh, right we've asked quite a few questions on this it would be so nice if you sent us a reply answer some of those questions that we've put out to you you can do that on Twitter like I just give you the Twitter name you can email us either through the contact page on the website or direct contact at 60mw.co.uk it would be great to hear from you we will read it out on the next show and respond. You can even, if you visit the website, and this works on your phone as well, uh, just on the side of the page, there's a speak pipe button that pops up. Click on that and you get, for free, doesn't cost you a penny, uh, 90 seconds to leave us a voice message. So if you want to do that, you can do that as well. And we'll play the voice message on the show and respond. So there's another way they can get in touch with us. So, um, yeah, thank you to Frederick and Rob for your contribution to this show. And we'll be back. We'll record like we always do at the end of the month. So we'll be recording towards the end of August with the next one. And you know the two films. So if you've got anything to say about those two films, let us know about them as well. What's the betting, yeah. Tom? What's the betting that we say here at the end of August? And, go, and the listener feedback is... And then I press the crickets button or something. <laughs> Don't make yeah. me press the crickets button, people. At least one of you. Get in touch with us. Give us something to respond to. There. That didn't sound too much like pleading, did it? Well, a little bit. Okay. Right, we'll bugger off and um, watch Die Hard 4. (laughs) No, we're not. I don't know. No, we're going to watch something. Something, that's for sure. Yeah. 
Right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, me and Tom will be back at the end of August. Uh, lots of different shows will be in your ears before then. Make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends about us. Uh, and we'll be back. And, uh, yeah, get that diary filled again, mate. Looking forward to uh, everything that's uh, in there for when we record the end of next month. Yeah, there'll be more. Mm-hmm. Right. We'll go. Shall we say a hearty cheerio to people? Cheerio. Farewell. Oh,